Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to consumers is simple. Gear the way you'd design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. I've used that Sport Dog collar in different temperatures. It just doesn't stop working. Get 20% off your first purchase using code MEATEATER. So go to www.sportdog.com slash MEATEATER to learn more. Montana Casting Company is a performance fly rod and reel company based right here in our capital, Helena, Montana. Each model of fly rod is a tribute to Montana's rugged beauty and adventurous spirit. Their rods capture the look, feel, and craftsmanship of a custom-built fly rod. Scott personally calls every customer who buys one of his rods. Head to montanacastingco.com and use code MEATEATER20 at checkout for a one-time 20% off discount. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. Yeah, Steve, they're very comfortable, they're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go. Stop by your local Tacova's store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's a meat podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newharth, and today we're joined by Steve Ranella, Brody Henderson, Seth Morris, Hayden Salmon, Corinne Schneider, Logan Dove, Corey Calkins, and Alyssa Smith. This is a 10-round quiz show with questions from Meat Eater's four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking, and there is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. And each week here on Meat Eater Trivia, we reveal a new stat. This week, we're looking at what I consider to be the worst game of trivia we've ever played, which is based on player performance. In episode 287, which was our second ever game of trivia, Steve won with four correct answers. In second place was a tie between Corinne, Clay, and Giannis with two correct answers. The average score in episode 287 was two and we actually had five questions where not a single person got the right answer now i'm not blaming the competitors for this poor performance i'm blaming myself i simply made that round too hard and have corrected for it what was, the, this, what was the shelby index on that one well that was before we had it so i don't i don't recall what it was uh, but in the 45 episodes since we've had zero games where the winner got four correct answers and just two games where the winner got Five. You should ask us a question that everyone missed and see if we got smarter. You know, I've thought about it, but the problem is some folks uh, weren't here for that episode, other ones were. So I've I've considered the idea, but I thought it would be, uh, well, one, I don't think it'd be real fun for the audience, and two, I think it'd be unfair. I'm just saying, like, not part of the game, just to Mm -hmm. warm things up. Sure. What do you what do you feel? Um, what are you shooting for? What do you feel is the perfect winning score? I'm, uh, seven or eight. I'm yeah. very satisfied if it's between six and nine. If somebody gets a ten, which has happened three times, I maybe made that round too easy. If somebody gets a five, I made it too difficult. Yeah, I got ten once. 
Yeah. I got 10 twice. <laughs> <laughs> so six to nine, I think, is the sweet spot. I've done my job well if that's the winning score. We have some housekeeping to get to before we play today's game. On episode Hunt, three. That was, that was a stat? That was a stat. The worst trivia game ever. Four correct answers won. The oh, average I feel like was a two. stat. Like normally your stats would have involved some sort of math and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was not like an observation. We, we, our, our stat compiling is going through a major overhaul right now. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some great stats coming up the next few months. Uh, but I'll be honest Are with you, you right now. Are you hiring an intern to like keep track of stats? No, no. But <laughs> no, I sent that a like, that, was, that wasn't a stat. They're like... That was a factoid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a stat not, is yeah. like a trend. The factoid is being kind. Yeah. It's the observation. <laughs> All right. If you like one time, someone got four. You'll have to settle okay. for an observation on this episode. <laughs> We've got some good stuff coming in the future. Now, in episode 392, I asked what state has the most mountains with an elevation of 14,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Brody, you're going to have some feedback on this housekeeping that doesn't directly pertain to you, but I'm going to ask you to hold it until the end, okay? Now, when I read the answers, Stephen Corinne gave me hell about how I pronounce the state where Denver is the capital. Play the clip, Phil. <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve. She's like, the more I think about it. <laughs> C saying Colorado. Maggie saying Alaska. Corey saying Colorado. Hayden saying Colorado. Chester saying Colorado. Marge saying Colorado and Corinne saying Colorado. They got it. The correct answer is Colorado. Can you maybe, uh, when you go through the edit, Phil, can you maybe have him say Colorado? Yeah, I was just going to say <laughs> Do you mind? that. Here, here's, a, here's one you can Jaguar. use. Jaguar. Colorado. <laughs> got it. You yep. just fill it, you know what I mean? Of course, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> well, in 2018, Channel 9 NBC News covered this very subject. They interviewed Rich Sandoval, a linguist from Metro State University in Denver, who said there are five common pronunciations, but two are the most popular. Play the clip, Phil. But the dominant pronunciations highlight Colorado's clash between natives and newcomers. Locals will say, well, of course it's Colorado. That's how I've always said it. I grew up with Colorado. That's, that's what we say. It sounds right. It's our state. We have the right to decide and, and to tell you how to say it. You're the new ones, right? Newcomers are more likely to hew closer to the Spanish pronunciation. Colorado, you don't say avocado, right? So it should be Colorado, like avocado, like tostado. Right. Sandoval says that's a larger trend in language practiced by people who think they're better educated. He sees this new <laughs> squeezing out the most recent native one. I don't know if the Colorado thing will ever disappear because it is a marker of insider status. But at the same time, for those locals who fashion themselves as being highly educated and that kind of thing, there's going to be some pressure on them to say Colorado. We'll see what happens in the future. Now, Sandoval. You know that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> now, Sandoval went on to say that it's not his job as a linguist to decide which version is right. He's more interested in why people think they're right. So, you could use the version that me and the locals use, Colorado, <laughs> or you could use the version that Steve and elitist tourists use, Colorado. Now, normally. I feel like Spencer says a lot of words wrong, but I think he's got it right here. Yeah, okay, now, Brody, what are your bona fides on this subject? Well, I lived there forever. Uh-huh. How, how long is forever? Over 20 years. Over 20 years. 25 years. And during that like 20 that. years, you were often guiding folks from out of state, right? Yeah. So what would you say uh, the local said versus what you would hear It's not something say. I ever paid any attention to. Okay. to be, like, it was not like, oh, that's wrong. Like, if Steve said Colorado... I don't even know that it would. Well, what's John Denver say? 
Rocky Mountain High. Colorado. No, not oh, Red. Yes, he does. Let, play <laughs> the clip, Bill. <laughs> Rocky Mountain High. This is a big area of contention with uh, Oregon as well. I can tell you from the East Coast if you say Oregon. Well, well that's, that's And wrong. Illinois and Missouri. Oregon is wrong. What about that Flying Burrito Brothers song? That, hey, Colorado, it's not so long ago. That's, that's a famous... I think that whatever John Denver know. says goes. And if you play that, I'll, I'll go with that. Next episode, we will find out how John Denver says... I think he might say it like the locals, man. He was a local. Call him up. I ran in him one time in a bar in uh, Jackson, Wyoming. Oh. Wow, was he hammered. Really? Oh, yeah. Just, you know how he passed away, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Is it plane plane. wreck? Yeah, plane wreck off Big Sur. Him and the Big Bopper. Uh, he died in Big Sur? No. <laughs> he died in a plane wreck. Him and uh, Buddy, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Yeah. Well, all kinds of people. So, like, Ted Stevens, I think. I don't know that person. Stevie Ray Vaughan? Something. Uh, Jose, what happened? Let's just start the show, man. And with that, we're <laughs> on to the game of trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Game on, suckers! I was going to change that to suck it, Brody. <laughs> That'd be improper. <laughs> Question one, the topic is conservation, and as always, this is multiple choice. And this first great question comes to us via Riley Nelson. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. What famous writer's son once served as a fish and game commissioner in Idaho? Is it Ernest Hemingway, Dr. Seuss, Charles Dickens, or William Faulkner? Brody knew before I even gave the choices. Son of a bitch, did he really? What famous again. writer's son once served as a fish and game commissioner in Idaho? Your choices are Ernest Hemingway, Dr. Seuss, Charles Dickens, or William Faulkner. This person's son served as a fish and game commissioner in Idaho. Is anybody else as confident as Brody is? No. No. Can you read no. one more time? Ernest Hemingway, Dr. Seuss, Charles Dickens, or William Faulkner. Steve, how confident are you feeling? I mean, I'm not not okay. that confident. And now I'm rattled for the whole game because <laughs> Brody looked all cocky. He may not even know it. He was just doing that. No, oh, no, I know. For it. the optics. Does everybody <laughs> totally have an answer? Cocky. See, now I'm rattled for the whole game. Go ahead and reveal oh, your sh- answers. We have Steve saying Hemingway, Logan saying Faulkner, Hayden saying Dr. Seuss. Brody saying Hemingway. Alyssa saying Faulkner. Corinne saying Hemingway. She talked. She crossed out the other three choices. And she wrote out. <laughs> Corey saying Hemingway and Seth saying Hemingway. The correct answer is Ernest Hemingway. It seemed too obvious. It did seem too yeah, obvious. Yeah, it seemed too obvious. I'm with you. Yeah, he shot himself there. Yeah, he yeah. lived in Sun He's Valley. I'm pretty sure. Jack Hadley Hemingway was a fly fisherman and novelist, just like his dad, Ernest. Jack served as an Idaho Fish and Game Commissioner from 1971 to 1977. He was instrumental in introducing catch and release regulations on some of the state's best trout waters. I think his granddaughter might live here. His grand, Yeah, his grandson writes children's books now. Hmm. How do you know that? Yeah, I you know what? I used to have, I, years ago here in town, I had a girlfriend who hung out with... 
like a grandkid or something like that. Yeah, I remember he had a um, zebra hide rug I was pretty jealous of. Go on. Question two. The topic <laughs> is cooking. Maine is famous for this type of hot dog, which shares its name with a saltwater fish. Maine is famous for this type of hot dog, which shares its name with a saltwater fish. Brody with the quickest answer in the room. Brody, do you know this one? I'm 70%. Okay. 70% sure. Maine is famous for this type of hot dog, which shares its name with a saltwater fish. Logan also had a quick answer. You know this one, Logan? I think I might actually know this one. Logan's got it. Rest of the room is pretty stumped. Did we get the Shelby Index? Oh, I'm sorry. The Shelby Index for this game of trivia is a three, so our winner should get six. It's a tougher batch of questions. Steve, how you doing? Not good, man. <laughs> I mean, I got that last one. Do you have a saltwater fish written down? See, I got something totally stupid written down. Hayden scribbling. Is it? Is it like a? Is the saltwater? Is it like a vernacular for the saltwater fish? Go <laughs> ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying red. Logan saying red snapper. Hayden saying kipper. Brody saying red snapper. Alyssa saying halibut. Corinne saying corn dog. Corey saying cod dog. Seth saying redfish. The correct answer is red snapper. I get it. We had it. No. You did not get it. (laughs) But we had Logan and Brody get it right. I don't get it just for red? No, no, no. Well, well, think about it. That's a thing people call them. Red snapper. Red drum, too. Would be called. I was actually thinking the same and reds. (laughs) Well, I think I've heard them called red hots as well. Is that a. Mm. I don't know. I've heard that. Brody had it? That's right. Brody had it. The red snapper name is based on the hot dog's neon appearance, which comes from food coloring, and the audible snap that happens with every bite, which comes from the natural casings. If you want to learn how to make these delicious sausages, then go to TheMeatEater.com and check out Wade Trung's recipe called Venison Red Snapper Hot Dogs. Hmm. Uh, My uh, buddy of mine used to be really into charcuterie and sausage making Mm -hmm. we made hot dogs together a couple times and he was saying the biggest challenge with making a home hot dog is the snap Mm. well check out like the how you know it's the density in which is packed he said like you can't get the snap do you like red snappers Mm, i don't know i mean i've had plenty of hot dogs that were dyed real red Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's it i don't well i'll tell you one thing i don't feel like sitting here watching brody win again (laughs) Question three. <laughs> We're only two questions <laughs> in, man. The topic but I'm is feeling hunting. Good. This next great question comes to us via Matthew Stewart. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Represented by the symbol W on the periodic table, this element is commonly used in shotgun pellets for turkey hunters. Represented by the symbol W on the periodic table, this element is commonly used in shotgun pellets for turkey hunters. A lot of thinking going on in the room. Folks are uh, picturing a periodic table in their head. You got this one, Seth? No, I just wrote down Okay. a metal that's used in turkey shot shells. Represented by the symbol W. Bro, do you know this one? No, but... But he knows turkey shells. Does everyone have an answer? You can narrow it down. 
go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying tungsten, Logan saying tungsten, 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 Alyssa saying lead, Corinne saying tungsten, tungsten, tungsten. They got it. The correct answer is tungsten. Other shotgun pellet elements include lead, which is represented by PB on the periodic table, bismuth, which is represented by BI, and copper, which is represented by CU. The advantage of shooting tungsten is that it's extremely heavy and creates better penetration. Our favorite turkey loads are Federal Premium's third degree, which gives a portion of their sales from these shells to the National Wild Turkey Federation. Question four, the topic is public lands. Name two of the four states that contain the Mojave Desert. Name two of the four states that contain the Mojave Desert. Brody, with a very quick answer, the the perfect game is going to continue, I imagine. We'll see. Looking for two of the four states that contain the Mojave Desert. That was kind of a a softball right there, bro. Who was it? Jed? Jed Smith? What about him? I'll talk about it afterwards. Does he have a relation to softballs or the Mojave Desert? We'll We'll talk about it later. (laughs) Does everybody have an answer? Looking for two of the four states. If we list three and... You you get it wrong if you list three. That's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say you list 50. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying California, Nevada. Logan saying Colorado, Arizona. Hayden saying Arizona, Nevada. Brody saying Nevada, California. Alyssa saying New Mexico, Arizona. Corinne saying California, Nevada. Corey, California, Nevada. Seth saying California, Arizona. The four states are California, Nevada, Utah, and Arizona. So most of the room got it. A few folks, though, uh, had some other states that weren't listed. The name Mojave means beside the water in the Mojave tribe's native language. The desert is home to 98 species of mammals and 230 species of birds. The Mojave is 20 million acres, with most of it being located in California. Now, Brody, what do you got? Uh, Uh, Steve will tell the story better than me. Let's hear it, Steve. You mean that he was the first Euro-American to to arrive to California by an overland route? Had some rough travels through there. Oh, they had a hell of a time through the Mojave Desert, sucking on rocks. Mm. For to like get liquid, Sal, try to get yourself. Sal, Didn't he like make wow. it to a monastery or something in California? Yeah, then they, they confiscated his beavers and you know, yeah, all kinds of trouble. Question five: The topic is fishing. What dictator had carp, his favorite food, stocked in the moats around his palace? What dictator had carp, his favorite food, stocked in the moats around his palace? Nobody with an answer quite yet. If I don't spell it right, is that a... That's not an issue. You'll I'm going to start taking away points when folks ask if they need to spell it right. You never have to spell it right unless I say you do, which has happened one time in the history of Meat Eater Trivia. So no, Hayden. You I was just making sure this wasn't the second time. spell it right. Steve, how you feel about this? Low, but not bad. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Brody has the perfect game going. See, the nah, only reason I feel okay, I don't think I got it, but I don't think Brody got it. Oh, okay. A lot of erasing. Seth without an answer. Nope. Seth, can you just write down a dictator? Yeah, but I ain't going to be the right one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. Don't say mine unless it's right. 
I don't want people to think that I put that down. We have Logan saying, <laughs> uh, what's that say, Logan? She we have Hayden wasn't a dictator. saying Kim Jong-il. That's good. Brody saying Henry VIII. Alyssa without an answer. Corinne saying Pol Pot. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Corey saying Hugo Chavez. Seth without an answer, and we will say Steve. Steve said Saddam Hussein. Steve got it. The correct Whoa. answer. Let me tell you how I know Saddam that. Hussein. Let me tell you how I know that. Let's hear it. No kidding. Rourke Denver yeah. told me about a lot about catching the carp. That's so funny. When they were in Baghdad, he told me a lot about catching the carp around the palace. <laughs> and he said a lot of guys were, it was like game on. Like a lot of dudes were like, sweet, I could finally fish the carp. And it didn't matter what they would catch. They just called them Saddam's bass over there. Like there was a number of different species. A lot of it was different types of carp, but everyone just called them Saddam's bass. God, it feels good because I tied up with Brody. Eric Maddox, the army interrogator who tracked down Saddam, said that his love of fish is actually what got him caught. Here's what happened. Maddox talked to Saddam's chef, who told him that grilled carp was the dictator's favorite meal. Maddox then got intel that Saddam had a personal pond stocked with carp, which Maddox went to. At the pond, Maddox interviewed a fisherman who told him where Saddam's bodyguard was hiding. That bodyguard led him to Saddam's bunker, and the rest is history. Spider hole. Remember that? Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. If you have a picture of you catching uh, Saddam's bass, send it to me. I'll post it on Instagram. I'd like to see that. Phil, we there's are halfway. One, oh, you. Well, there's, in. I think in Rourke's book, there's a picture of Rourke with one of Saddam's bass. Oh. Yeah, I and think. Could, could you tell what it was specifically? I'd have to go look. Phil, we're halfway through the game of trivia. Give us a scoreboard update. Yet to make it on the board, Salissa Smith. Zero points. That's rough, man. First that time that's happened, score. and it has to be when Steve's here, so appreciate it, Spencer. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> we got uh, annual re- reviews coming up. Know, you better right? be careful. Uh, Logan and Hayden have two points apiece. And then we have Seth, Corey, and Corinne oh with God. three points. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and tied for first place are Brody Henderson and Steven Ranella. Don't worry. Spencer's not giving me the answers this time, Steven. Must be looking over my shoulder. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside. Planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing. Taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do for your family this spring? You can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times. I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, We got serious about life insurance, and man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money. And provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Hey man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. 
So, when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out, there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Man, I'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in Wisconsin. Now, last year at youth turkey season, it rained and snowed the whole time. This year at youth turkey season, it was in the 70s and even up to 80. So me and my kids are pouring it to it. And after a while, I realized they didn't drink anything all day and they haven't drank anything all day. Well, that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're going to like to help you, encourage you to get hydrated. Doesn't matter. Outdoor events, turkey hunting, playing sports, beach days, mountain adventures. Summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. I'll say that again. Hydrates better than water alone. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and you use code MEATEATER at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code MEATEATER at liquidiv.com. Question six. The topic is conservation. This is our Onyx listener question of the week, which was won by Sean Doherty. For sending this great question, Sean is going to get a one-year premium subscription to OnX. If you want a chance to win our listener question of the week, then send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. That comes loaded with all of Spencer's waypoints. (laughs) (laughs) Not this winner. Now, sometimes referred to as toy deer, this is the only subspecies of whitetail that's listed as federally endangered in America. Brody and Steve in a competition for who can write the answer fastest (laughs) and call it a tie. Sometimes referred to as toy deer, this is the only subspecies of whitetail that's listed as federally endangered in America. Hayden, you know this? I'm having like the same problem that I had with uh, Hemingway being the author. It seems too obvious. Mm, Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to say that problem where you get it wrong. <laughs> I'm also, yeah. Right. <laughs> Brody, did Saddam cross your mind? Not, no. Okay. No, no, no. Steve no. got it. Fair and square. He didn't, he didn't, he got it. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying keys deer. Logan saying keys deer. Hayden saying coves deer. Coos deer. Coos deer. Brody saying keys, Alyssa without an answer, Corinne without an answer, Corey saying coos deer, and Seth saying <laughs> keys, whitetail. They got it. Yeah. The correct answer is key deer. 
So you thought that I, we were... Uh, never mind. Wait, coos deer? Yeah, well, people were always hunting coos deer. I thought there might be like some little population in like oh. some corner wherever where they were like, Got these it. ones are... Yeah, regionally, yeah, regionally these endangered. These are Jacob's Obviously, coos we didn't know what the hell we yeah, were talking about. With you. The key deer <laughs> used to range across the Florida Keys, but is now only found on a few islands. They also happen Big to piney, be right? the smallest... I don't know what the names are. I think they have. The islands. They also happen to be the smallest subspecies of whitetail in America, with bucks weighing about 65 pounds and standing just over two feet tall at the shoulder. Their population was lowest in the 1950s when just 25 remained, but today there are about 1,000 left. Hmm. Question seven. The topic is cooking. Pike Place Fish Market, which is famous for flying fish, is located in what American city? I think the whole room Finally. got this Come one right. On. I may not even need to repeat it. That one was for me, Brody. Pike Place okay. Fish Market, which is famous for flying fish, is located in what American cities? Everybody have the answer. Go ahead and reveal your answers. Everybody got it right. The correct answer is Seattle. I'm guessing that'll be a more challenging question for our friends in the South and, and New England sure. and Midwest. Uh, understandably so, it was easy for this group of players. The Pike Place Fish Market is world-renowned for fishmongers who throw around fish prior to wrapping it. The market was near bankruptcy in the late 80s, but was saved by after appearing on Good Morning America. Tourists then came from all around to watch fish get hurled around the market, which now attracts 10,000 visitors per day in the summer. Did you ever go watch them abuse those fish, Steve, when you lived there? No, I didn't, but my friend who is a commercial salmon fisherman um, really hates it. Yeah. Why? Because he says, we handle fish very gently, <laughs> and he feels that it's like a, it's like a black eye on the industry. And Disrespectful. Kind he of said, yeah, he says, like, we don't, you know, when a fish is going in rig- rigor, you don't straighten it. We never throw fish. So then you go down there, and it's the consumer's one chance to look at the process, and they're throwing fish around, and he doesn't like it. You sure certainly wouldn't see people tossing animals around for fun, right? Dead ones. You could, I could see them throwing Rabbits, chicken around. Rabbits, chicken. chickens. Yeah, I could see them <laughs> yeah. throwing chicken. Listen, <laughs> I'm not saying that I hold my buddy's viewpoint. I'm right. saying that was my buddy's viewpoint on it. Ron Layton, yeah. you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question eight. The topic is deer camp. Now, this is a visual question. If you want to see what the room is seeing, then go to Instagram and check out at Spencer Newharth. I'll make it my most recent post. What's the category? Deer camp. I didn't know that was a category. It has been. (laughs) This is a photo of me from the late 90s with the host of a PBS slapstick comedy show that taught outdoor skills. What was the name of that show? Shit. Shit. Again, <laughs> this is a photo of me from the late 90s with the host of a PBS slapstick comedy show that taught outdoor skills. What was the name of that show? Corey knew this without even seeing the photo. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Don't show Corey the photo. <laughs> no, I do. I, I kind of want to see it. <laughs> Now, Steve, this is like somewhere deep in your brain. Is that right? Oh, yeah. And I even know one of the words, I think, man. Okay. It's, um... Yeah. Also, it's multiple words. Did you watch no, this? No, 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 no. It's not. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to talk too much about it, but there's okay. like a thing 
there's like a, it's not like an angel talking to me. Mm. It's like my homunculus a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, last time I was here, I got visited by a, like, it was a divine intervention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I got, I got information that came from outside of, oh no, I got it wrong though. Spencer, you're so cute. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. It was wrong. Such it wasn't an angel. Scratch kid. that. I've got no idea. Yeah, I didn't know Spencer is such a little cutie pie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Again, it's a photo of me from the late 90s with the host of a PBS slapstick comedy show that taught outdoor skills. Corey, is it what you thought it was going to be? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, is anybody else as confident as Corey? I think we might. Nope. Are we too old to know it? Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't think you're too Actually, old. Actually, it's in it. your wheelhouse. Yeah. Like you're you're most primed to know this. Nineties. That that picture was from the late nineties. Yeah, a little late for me. I mean, oh no, I should know it. I know something about it. Okay. Still a great show. Just start with someone. I'll show you mine, but don't say it unless it's right. Is Corey the only one who's coming up with an answer? Brody is list is writing. Okay, I have no clue. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Logan without an answer. Hayden saying Ranger Rick. <laughs> that could be Brody Rick. without an answer. <laughs> Alyssa saying Antique Roadshow. Corinne without an answer. Seth without an answer. I kind of got it right. Steve saying Red Scare. Yeah, but I meant red green. <laughs> red scare. And Corey, who got it right, said the red green show. No, Do I, I get it with this? It. I don't think you get it with no, red right? scare. I think that sounds yeah, like some kind of cold war. Yeah. Like. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, I knew it was red. Remember me saying I know part of the name? Yeah. I knew it was red. The Red that's, Green that's Show had 300 episodes that ran from 1991 to 2006. It was about Red Green, the president of the Possum Lodge Men's Club, and his group of friends who always gave sage outdoor advice. This is what one television critic said of the show. Quote, Think Bob Newhart in plaid, on acid, with a chainsaw, and you might come close to getting the essence of what made Red Green so enjoyable. How, how did that encounter end up happening? Oh, he came to, I think it was an Ace Hardware store in Sioux Falls, which is about an hour where I was from. And I watched every episode of Red Green, so we went to see him. What does that have to do with Deer Camp? Oh, it was like, it was a show that taught like, I'm going to show you how to take a ceiling fan and make a boat motor. He would do things like that. Or I'm going to show you how to clean your gun. And then as he's handling the gun, it accidentally goes off. That, That was like the whole Red Green shtick. He'd be very helpful if you were trying to catch a Obviously, mouse, deer per se. Yeah, it's the kind of stuff yeah. that happens at deer camp. Just deer guns camp. going off, motorboats Phil, with fans. we have two questions <laughs> left. Give us a scoreboard update. Uh, Alyssa and Hayden, I'm so sorry, but you are no longer in the running. But we have Logan and Corinne with four points apiece, Seth and Corey with five, and Stephen Brody with six. Okay. Do you remember when I identified Hayden as an emerging Dude, stop. threat? <laughs> stop. This is my worst performance in the ever. pan. Oh, yeah. Flash in the pan. On Friday. One hit wonder. Yeah, it's all about endurance here in the yeah, you, podcast. Did he, did he get his name? <laughs> Not yet. Now, Corey, before we move on, did you watch Red Green a lot? No, I never watched a single episode. Oh, but you still knew it. Yeah. Okay. I just... I think one day I was looking up the Tom Green show and remembered seeing Red Green <laughs> <laughs> and watched like a couple of like five show. minute skits and was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And it, you know, it's stuck in my steel trap of a memory. It's great. <laughs> question nine. The topic is wildlife. This next great question comes to us via Kevin Ramden. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. What bird is featured on a standard Canadian $1 coin? 
What bird is featured on a standard Canadian $1 coin? I Steve, just pulled ahead of Brody. With the quickest answer. I just pulled ahead of Brody. <laughs> Logan with the quick answer. Some other folks quick. Brody, though, it's not. I lived real yet. close to Canada, too. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just pulled ahead of Brody. <laughs> he could see Russia from his house. <laughs> is it hard to play like that? It <laughs> is. It's like it's, it's like when I'm trying to get something done and my kids are screaming. It's a lot like that. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling you still might get it right. Does everybody have Hold an answer? On. Okay. Yeah, I, I need a little extra time since Steve was distracting me. Steve, why do you know this one so well? I'm not telling. Okay. Not telling. I'll tell you later. Because he grew up in Michigan. No. 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 Brody? Mm. Corey, you know this one? I do. You grew up in a state that borders Canada. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half from Canada mm. growing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of these coins as a tip. Mm. They, they don't work too well that down burns. here. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying loon. He nearly erased uh, it on his sweatshirt oh, from sorry. celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> Logan saying falcon. Uh, Hayden without an answer. Brody saying he's not letting me see it. Bald eagle. Oh, no. I like that, though. That's creative. Alyssa saying crane. Corinne saying golden eagle. Corey saying loon. Seth saying osprey. The correct answer is loon. Uh, they call it. They call it loony. Canadian coins are often referred to as loonies and toonies. The standard $1 coin features a loon, which is why it's called a loony. The standard $2 coin features a polar bear, but Canadians combine the words two and loony to come up with toonie. They're badass birds. good analysis by uh, Spencer there, man. Phil, we have one question left. Give us a scoreboard update. Uh, We have three (laughs) players left in the game. Corey and Brody have six points, and Steve has seven. All comes down to this one. Good work, Corey. Question 10. (laughs) The topic is hunting. Name one of the three states with the most black bear entries in the Boone and Crockett record book. Name one of the three states with the most black bear entries in the Boone and Crockett record book. One more time, who are the three players left, Phil? Corey, Brody, and Steve. And Steve who, has seven, Brody and Corey have six. We need Steve to get this wrong, Brody and Corey to get it right, and we will go to overtime. Corey has never won a game of trivia. Have you been to overtime before? No. Okay, we could have a first. Steve, how confident are you? Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> oh. Brody, you got this one? Maybe. We'll what, find out. What's the question again? Say it one more time. <clears throat> Name one of the three states with the most black bear entries in the Boone and Crockett record book. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Steve saying Alaska, Logan saying Montana, Hayden saying Maine, Brody saying Pennsylvania, Alyssa saying Maine, Corinne saying Arkansas, Corey saying North Carolina, Seth saying Alaska. Can I do something for bonus? Let's hear it. I think it's Pennsylvania, Alaska, and Maine. North Carolina, I bet you. Well, maybe not. The three states are Alaska, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Wow. Wisconsin. I won! (laughs) Steve has won by getting that one right. He finishes with eight correct answers. 
Wisconsin has a demanding lead on the rest of the country with really? 842 Boone and Crockett black bears. Hold on, hit, hit me with that again. Wisconsin has a demanding lead with 842 Boone and Crockett black bears. That's followed by Pennsylvania with 436, Alaska with 248, no Minnesota with 243, Colorado and North Carolina with 208, and Arizona with 190. Man. I won by the skin of my teeth. Do you got to get your bears checked in Alaska? Yeah. Well, it depends. <laughs> like teeth and because I, I bet you a lot go on. There's oh, probably a lot of I'm big sure. bears in Alaska. This, that no, go. not you do. You definitely not even depends on what GMU you're in. But there's GMUs where there's nothing you need to do. Right. You know? This is why I, I make Doug Duran so mad when I say that the Boone and Crockett record book is more about like your culture than it is the big critters being killed because Wisconsin also leads the nation in Boone and Crockett entries for whitetails. But I doubt that that state solely has the most giant whitetails and the most giant black bears being killed. It's just like in their culture to be entering those things in a book where it may not be. Mm, I don't know, man. There's a lot of hunters entering a lot of animals. So it definitely shows a trend in the, in the population of animals. I would agree, but do you think? Yeah, but twice, I think, like you're saying, I think in many. Alaska you could have so Alaska, many Boone and Crockett yeah. bears that never yeah, ever get registered. Exactly. But in, but in some states, you know, every bear that gets killed. Exactly, like Pennsylvania. Steve wins with eight correct answers. What happens next is he gets to choose where the five hundred dollar donation goes. So what's it going to be? Uh, last time I won, I did the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. Mm-hmm. This time, however, because we just. Uh, we just we we have uh, at Meat Eater we have a land access initiative fund. We have some news on that, right? Yeah, and we just drained it out, um, because we participated in a big uh, public land purchase a couple of years ago. We did one in Maine. This year we did one in Montana, and uh, we just kind of sucked her dry. So in to help fill our land access initiative fund back up again, I'm going to donate my winnings this time. On this distinct occasion of a win, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to donate it to the Meat Eater Land Access Initiative. And what did that most recent purchase uh, get us? What happened with the uh, the Montana Land Access Fund? Someone else draining? gave the superlatives. It was a, it was a big chunk of land up in near Glacier. It's called what's it called Montana Outdoors. Is that yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so former timberland that opens up a ton of access to national forest land, but also is a sizable chunk of land that will be forever made public um, going forward. And it provided great access to stuff that would have been otherwise dif- difficult to access. Now, after the main project, you made a proclamation that nobody from Meat Eater would step foot on that piece of ground. Does that same thing stand no, 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 for no. this? I said that... Um, I didn't say that I couldn't prevent anyone from doing it, but I bet you that wound up being true. Uh-huh. On this one, I could, I would happily say that I would, for, for whatever reason, I would be like, okay, I won't go there. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't want to say that anyone that works here won't go there because I bet you they will. You won't be mad if Hayden is there next fall. No, no, no. But yeah. I would happily say, I, I would, in order for someone to say like, oh, you're just doing it because mm-hmm. you blah, blah, blah. Like that it's that it yeah. somehow isn't that it's somehow motivated by personal desire to you know like to like that's my favorite spot, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna take other people's money and put it toward that to reduce the appearance of a conflict of interest, right. I would readily agree to not step foot on it. Five hundred dollars going to meat eaters land access initiative. It's probably the first five hundred dollars put in there of the new year. 
Now, we have some sad news to deliver uh, before we get out of here. About two weeks ago, we lost friend of the show, Ed Newman, at age 46. Ed is the man who built our Meat Eater Trivia Trophy, Meat Eater Trivia Championship plaque, and Meat Eater Chili Cook-Off Trophy. Uh, Ed passed away after an afternoon of hunting, which his family wanted to point out in the obituary because the outdoors were that important to him. Ed was fantastic to work with. Uh, You could tell he was incredibly passionate about teaching and all things hunting, fishing, and conservation. Genuinely, there wasn't a person better suited to take on these projects than Ed. So we're thankful we got to know Ed. Our thoughts are with his family, friends, and students, and we dedicate this episode of Meat Eater Trivia to him, the only game show where conservation always wins. Thank you, Ed. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to consumers is simple. Gear the way you'd design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. I've used that Sport Dog collar in different temperatures. It just doesn't stop working. Get 20% off your first purchase using code meat eater so go to www.sportdog.com slash meat eater to learn more this show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. it is a simple truth no matter who you are mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference that's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.